till we want no more tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the teachers and students that are in the classrooms. We ask your divine covering and protection for them. Thank you for the ones who are on their way. We pray that you grant them traveling grace, God. We ask a special blessing for those that couldn't make it tonight, God. We want you to just take care of them and let the same glory that we experience, God, be manifested wherever they are. Father, we thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Before we get started, does everybody have a handout? Rachel, you do not have a handout. Um, okay, we've got a couple of people do not have handouts. So um, um, I, I pray that, pray that this is the handout that we had. We had these uh, two Wednesdays ago. We started the teaching on, on spiritual gifts. We started that teaching. And I want you guys to know, I, I, sh I shared this initially, that the teaching that we're going through, this is not an exhaustive teaching by any stretch of the imagination. I probably could take uh, each one of these gifts and I probably could teach uh, from, from each gift. I probably could do a series on each gift. Uh, so, but my, my goal is for you guys to, it, for you guys to consider what gift or what, to consider what gift um, you may have or how God may, may be using you. That, that's the goal, to consider um, the gift that God may be using in your life. That's it. We just want you to consider. Now, um, you guys are growing. We all are growing. I believe that you guys, we, we've reached a level of spiritual maturity where I believe that, that I don't, I, we don't have to, I don't have to give, give milk. I think uh, it's time for us to move up to, to some of the, the meteor matters of, of, of the text and of the word, which means that you may have to go home and do some study for yourself. Uh, I'm giving you a basic outline. So um, if, if you're really hungry, you'll go home and, and you'll study it out for yourself because, again, this is not, not an exhaustive, not an exhaustive teaching. If raise your hand if you got the answers from from the first half of our study two weeks ago, raise your hand high higher. Now, those of you who do not have the answers, look around. Keep your hands up. Keep if you have the answers, raise your hand. If you do not have the answers from the first half, look around so you know who to go cheat off of. <laughs> Just ask them. <laughs> you ask them to ask them to hook you up. Ask them, to, you know, if they'll give you the answers because I, we don't have time to go backwards and go back over all the things that we taught. Um, also, if you would like, you can also get a recording. I think the date is on the front from the 10th, uh, January the 10th. So um, Brother Sam will be glad to hook you all up with a, with a, with a CD recording uh, of the first half of that teaching so that, so that you guys can have the first half of that teaching. Today, we're actually going to jump right in to um, the gifts that demonstrates God's love. So if you would find that, um, number three, if you'll find that, uh, on your handout, gifts that demonstrates God's love. Two weeks ago, um, two weeks ago, as when we started this teaching, we went over the gifts that that communicates God's word. We went over that the preaching, the evangelism, missions, and the apostle. Um, the gifts that communicates God's word. We we went over the gifts that educate God's people, teaching, encouragement, wisdom, discernment, knowledge. We kind of went over those. And so today we're going to take we're going to take some time and we're going to deal with the gifts that demonstrate God's love, gifts that demonstrate God's love. Now, most of you guys, most of most people in the church will find themselves somewhere in the gifting that we're about to talk about. You're going to find yourself somewhere in these gifts. Most people find themselves in the gifts that demonstrates God's love. If you would go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number six. Go to Acts chapter six. And, and I, I like to give you guys scripture references for these so you can you can kind of see these um, being acted out in scripture. You can see them acted out in scripture. 
And again, this is not exhaustive, so I want you to feel free to go and to do more study, to go and to, to look at these things, um, because, I, because I, I, want, I want you to see it. I want you to see it for yourself. I'm going to go ahead and give you the answer to the, the first one there is the, the gift of service. Gift of service. Write this down. The ability to recognize. That's that missing word. Write that missing word. The ability to recognize. To recognize unmet needs in the church family. The ability to recognize unmet needs in the church family and to take the initiative to provide practical assistance quickly, cheerful, and without a need for recognition. People who have the, 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 the gift of, uh, uh, gifts of service or, or the acts of service, these are, these are your behind-the-scenes type people. These are the people that, that they, want, they, don't, they don't want the recognition. They don't want it. Some, some people low-key really want to be recognized, but I'm not, I'm not, talking, about, I'm not talking about those ones. But I'm talking about the ones that, that they just want to get, they just want to see it done. They, it makes no difference if they get the credit. If the credit really go to somebody else, they, it don't bother them a bit. They just want to see the ministry get to where the ministry needs to be. Um, they take initiative. Um, Miss Miss um, um, Miss Margie has the gift of service. She has the, the gifts of service. Miss Margie's like that. Miss Margie's behind the scenes. She's always working. She's always doing something in this church, and she never she never asks for applause. She never asks for recognition. She just she just does it. And many of you are like that as well. Many of you you do things behind the scenes. You do things that that most people will never know the things that you do. You just do it behind the scenes because this is this is part of your gift. Look at um, Acts chapter six. Look at verse number one. Y'all see it? Say amen. Amen. It says, now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, everybody shout multiplying. The numbers of disciples multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists um, because the widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, watch this, seek out, seek out from among you seven men, good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who you may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And this and the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, the Holy Spirit, Philip. They, they chose uh, Procurius, they chose Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas, the proselyte from Antioch, who they set before the apostles, and when they prayed, they laid hands on them, and look what happened in verse number seven. After they got these people, after they, after they got the gift of service working, look what happened in verse number, what happened in verse number seven? The word of God did what? The word of God spread. And what happened? Number of disciples did what? Multiplied greatly. So when the gift of service was active in the church, the Bible says that that the church multiplied. The church multiplied when everybody went to work, when everybody started serving, everybody started operating in their respective gifting or their respective calling. The Bible says that that the church multiplied. When the people got in line now, now, actually, the deacons ministry falls under the act of service. So you, you don't you don't see that ministry named in here because it actually falls under service. So many of you, again, you have let me say it like this. You'll know who you are because you'll see that it needs to be done and you'll do it. 
And most people won't even know that it's done. And most people won't even know that you actually are the one that actually did it. Because you have that gift. You have the gift of service. You recognize the unmet need in the church. And let me say this, and, 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 and you'll you hear me say this periodically. If it's your, if it's your burden, it's your responsibility. But right, right, you might write that down. You might need that as a note. <laughs> if it's your, because God will, God will keep showing you the same thing every Sunday. Every, and it'll, it'll bother you every time you see it. It'll just bother you and bother you and bother you and bother you. And God's trying to, God's trying to get you to the point where you actually do something about the thing that he's, that he's placed on your heart. And so, again, you could be operating in the gift of service, the acts of service. That's a gift that, that demonstrates God's love. You recognize unmet need in the church and you take the initiative and you provide the assistance quickly, cheerfully and without need for recognition. That's important. You do it quickly, cheerfully and without need for recognition. You don't you don't do it. Then you come back and say, well, I did such and such. And well, I bought the church a pew and they didn't say anything to me. Um, yeah, you, you don't do that. that. That's that's not that's not that gift because you were looking for recognition. All right. Now. Now, let, let's let's move on. Let's move on. So some of you have the some of you have the gift of mercy. Go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Some of you have the gift of mercy. Some of you work behind the scenes and you have the gift of services and the gift of service. And you just you just want to serve Pastor. whatever I can do. I just want to serve. You never have to call my name. You never have to say a word. Just tell me what needs to be done and I'm going to do it. And I thank God for people who have the gift of service. I, I love working with people who have the gift of service. You don't have to babysit them. They just tell them what they need to do and they do it. Luke 10. Luke 10. Look at uh, look at verse number 30. Luke chapter 10. Look at verse number 30. Let me let me get let me give you all this answer first. Let me give you all the answer. Look, look up at the screen. You'll see it. Write these two words. The ability to detect hurt. And empathize with those who are suffering in the church family. The ability to provide compassionate and cheerful support to those experiencing distress, crisis, and pain. There are people in this church, you just know when people are hurting. You know when people are hurting, you can detect it. And you know when somebody is suffering. You, you, are, the, you are the person that, that when you hear somebody's in the hospital, you start putting your shoes on. When you hear somebody's in the hospital, in your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to that hospital. I, I got to go see about them. I, I, was, I was thinking today, and it was kind of funny. Um, I, I, there, was a, there was a lady that, that I know that, um, that she goes to just about every funeral in Longview. I'm, I'm for <laughs> she goes, well, well, maybe not every funeral, but, but, but she goes to a lot of funerals. And it's almost like she's a professional mourner. And, and, and people sometimes laugh at her because they said, man, if it's, a, if it's a funeral, she's going to be there. And so I was praying about that and I was thinking about that today. And you know what the Lord said? The Lord said she really has the gift of mercy. Because when people are hurting, she wants to be there while people are hurting. She wants to be there to hug or offer a word of encouragement. And people, people laugh at her because she goes to a lot of them. And maybe nobody's ever told her that that's, that that's a part of her gift. Maybe nobody's ever said, you have the gift of mercy. That's why you like going to funerals. But people laugh at her because she goes to a lot of funerals. They ask me, do you know this person? No, I don't know them. Do, do you know the family? Well, I don't know, I don't know the family, but, but I'm, I'm just here to see if I know anybody. Maybe y'all didn't see y'all ain't met anybody like that. Amen. <laughs> see, see, y'all think it's kind of weird. Look at y'all looking at me. 
Y'all think it's kind of weird, but but you know somebody like that. But but it's it's the gift it's the gift of mercy. Let, let, let me let, let me show it's the, the ability to, to detect hurt, empathize with those suffering in the church family, the ability to provide compassionate, cheerful support to those experiencing distress, crisis, and pain. Look at Luke chapter ten. Look at verse number thirty. The Bible says, and Jesus answered and said, a certain a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell amongst thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 31 says, now, a, now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by where? The preacher. <laughs> So we know what wasn't, you know what gift he didn't have, right? Yeah, not mercy. He didn't have to give to mercy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> y'all laughing. Let me help y'all. Listen, some of you, when you see a bum on the street, some of you, your heart is, you just want to stop and give them something. You get to looking in your ashtray and you get to lifting up your armrest trying to find something to give them. But some of you, when you see a bum on the street, you say, mm, I wonder if they fake it. They probably got a car in the bushes somewhere. <laughs> but but he, he, here's my point. You, and, and maybe, I don't know. I can't, I can't say that. Every case is different. I can't say that. But, here, but here, here's my point. Here's my point. A person with the gift of mercy don't think about the car in the bushes first. That, that's all I'm saying. A person with the gift of mercy, their, their first inclination is to do something to help. The first inclination is to do something. Now, if you think about the car in the bushes, then maybe you don't have the gift of mercy. And that's or maybe you're not operating in at that particular moment. And, and that's and that's and that's OK. We get it. We get it. We get it. OK. <laughs> OK. All right. All right. So, so the preacher on verse number, verse number 31, we in Luke chapter 10, verse 31. The preacher passed by on the other side. Look at number thir uh, verse 32 says, likewise, a Levite. Um, this is this is uh, uh, God's chosen. When he arrived at that place, came and looked, and he passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, came to where the guy that was been beaten, and, and they stripped him, his clothes, wounded him, left him for dead. The Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine and set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him? Who fell amongst thieves. This is the gift of mercy. Some of you have that. Some of you, some of you, you, you have the gift of mercy where you will stay in the hospital with somebody as long as they're in there. Some of some of y'all going to the house. I've been in this chair 24 hours. I'm going, I'm going to get in my bed. Now, not, not, no, I'm not, I don't want, I don't want to make it. If that's ever happened to him, I'm not, I'm not, don't be mad at the person. Maybe they back start hurting something. I don't know. But I'm saying the person with the gift of mercy, they want to be by your side. They're going to make sure you're okay. How, how many of y'all have experienced somebody with the gift of mercy? You experienced that? It's a, listen, when, when, when you get sick, it's good to get sick in the house with somebody with the gift of mercy. My grandmama had the gift of mercy. Woo! 
now. I'm, I, I'm, I didn't like feeling sick, but I should like to get sick because my grandma would come take care of me. Because she had the gift of mercy. My grandma would come and she, she'd get that, she'd get that Vic salve. And she rubbed that old Vic salve on my, on my bosom. Do men have bosoms? They don't. Oh, on my, on my chest. Men don't have. Uh, well, she, but she, she rubbed. She, yeah, yeah. She, she rubbed that big staff around my throat. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. No, not my bosom. She, 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 she rubbed that big staff, and she take that big staff, and she put a little bit in your, in your, not in your nose. She rubbed it in your nose. All that made you just feel so good. Oh, it made you feel so good. Some of, you, some of y'all got to put onions in your socks. They ever done that? No, y'all ain't never went there. They give, they give, they give, some, they give some turpentine. Y'all ever had any turpentine? They had a little turpentine. Yeah, get a little spoonful of turpentine. Yeah, yeah, the earache. Yeah, they did, they did, a, they did a whole, they did a lot of, lot of stuff. Well, what, well give, give me another strange remedy. Say what? Roll some bark and turpentine. And what they call that? You, you eat it? What they call that? Talent? <laughs> That's old? Give me, another, give me another old remedy. Spiderweb soup. Spiderweb turpentine. Spiderweb turpentine. So you had to, you had to go find some spiderwebs? And then what you do with the spider web? You got stuck in the in your foot and your da- a nail stuck in your foot and granddaddy went and got some spider web out the barn and stuck it in that little hole in your foot and it stopped bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's you know, if 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 you stepped on a rusty nail, they they take a piece of salt meat. They take a piece of salt meat. Where y'all from? Y'all not y'all not from Mississippi? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's that that's all of that, all of that, you know, but but my grandma she she had the gift of mercy. And boy, and she would she would just stay with you. When we had chicken pox, you had to go sit out in the chicken coop. Yes. No, for, I'm serious. When you had chicken pox, you you didn't go to school. You sat in the chicken coop all day. All right, let me let me move on. Let me move on. Yeah, it's sitting there all day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, we can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. Yeah. Uh-uh. It brings back too many bad memories. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So so we we're, we're, we're talking about. Let's get back to the lesson, y'all. Let's talk back to the lesson. We're talking about, we're talking about the, the gift, the gift of mercy. There, there, there are people who who actually actually have the gift of mercy, and they'll they'll sit with you, and they'll be there with you, and they're going to check on you, and they're going to do that. They're going to make sure they're going to make sure that that you're okay. They've got the gift of mercy. Now go to First Peter chapter four, y'all. I'm not in the chicken coop no more, y'all. Y'all feel bad for me. Everybody feels sorry for me. They said, Pastor. <laughs> Nobody reported y'all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the chicken coop did. I just that's, that's what we had to do. Maybe they did that just to keep us keep us out there. 
Uh, you stay out there all day. Yeah, you go back out there the next day. You'll sit out there with them chicken. Yeah, you sit out there with your chicken. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we talked about the. There's a gift that demonstrates God's love. Y'all, y'all done visualize it and everything. Y'all, y'all done visualize it. <laughs> Gifts that demonstrate love, God's love. Service, mercy. The next one is hospitality. Everybody say hospitality. Um, look, at, look up at the screen. You, you'll, see, you'll see it here in just a minute. Hospitality. Write these two words. The ability to make others, to make others, especially strangers, to make others, especially strangers, I've lost my screen somehow. Um, to make others, especially strangers, feel warmly welcomed, accepted, and comfortable in the church family. The ability to coordinate factors that promote fellowship. The ability to make others, especially strangers, feel warmly, feel warmly welcomed. Um, this is hospitality. First Peter chapter four. Look at verse number nine. Look at verse number nine. Matter of fact, matter of fact, um, start at verse number eight. Verse number eight. First Peter chapter four, verse number eight. Say amen when you found it. You got it. Amen. It says, and above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Glory to God. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each of you receive a gift, minister it to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Here's what, here's what God is saying. God is saying that, that we are to be hospi- hospitable. One of the greatest gifts, oh, excuse me, one of the greatest compliments I get from this ministry or from people outside of this ministry is this how friendly we are. They tell us all the time, you guys, you guys are so friendly. When I come in, people greet me. I'm in the park. A lot of people are greeting me. When I walk in, the greeters are there. The ushers greet me. They, you know, they, they enjoy the fellowship time because you guys, y'all do a great job of getting, getting, out, getting out of your seats, and you do a great job of, of, of shaking people's hands that, that, that may not be accustomed um, to what we do here at the church. Y'all do a great job of that, going to those visitors, going to those people um, who, are, who are just kind of seated. And, and, and they'll maybe a little bit nervous or shy. They don't want to shake hands. You, you guys do a great job going to those people and shaking their hands and making them feel welcome. But some of you have just a natural knack to make people feel at home. It's just natural for you. You're the type of person you never meet a stranger. And you want to greet people. You're the type of person when, when you come to church, yeah, you, there's a lot of people that you know, but you're looking for the people you don't know. When you see a stranger, it's something about you that says, I want to go shake their hand. I want to go introduce myself to them. It's something in you that wants you to go to. Now, now, people that don't have the gift of hospitality, you'll walk right past a stranger. You'll walk right past them and, you, you know, and you, you, yeah, you saw them there, but whatever. But but your heart really wasn't geared to go talk to them. See, a person with the gift of hospitality, you want everybody to get along together. You want everybody to play well together. Matter of fact, you want to figure out what's going on in their lives and how we can help. And you want to get them connected. That, that's, kind of, that's kind of what you do because you have the gift of hospitality. You have that gift. And that gift is natural in you. Now, you do it well at your own home, but God's trying to get us to do it in his house. You're very hospitable in your house. But God wants that that same gift to to manifest and operate in his house. And when we get these gifts operating and manifesting in the house of God, then you're going to see the church multiply. 
One of the reasons our church is growing is because many of these gifts are active right now in our church. These gifts are active and you, you, you'll see it and you'll see people with the gift of hospitality. Um, Brother Rodney has the gift of hospitality. He, he don't meet a stranger. He's out there. He he's fellowshipping and meeting with talking to everybody. And many of you guys are like that as well. When you see a stranger, you want to get to him. You want to talk to him. As a matter of fact, you'll 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 make your way through the crowd of people that you do know to get to that one person that you don't know. Hallelujah. Are, are you kind of have y'all? How many of y'all have seen yourself already? You've seen yourself at least once already. Raise your hand, two of y'all. Amen. Okay. You, you've seen yourself at least once already? Okay. All right. Good. That's the gift of hospitality. Now, um, go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's look at pastoring. Now, understand this, that pastoring and preaching are different. Pastoring and preaching are different. Many times people think that because you're a pastor, you have to preach. Now, understand this. Everybody in this room who's a Christian who is a believer, you've been called to preach. Let me say that again. If you're, if you're a Christian in this room, you've been called to preach. The word preach simply means to proclaim. It means to tell. It means to tell people about, about God. Now, your preaching may never happen on a platform like this. Your preaching may happen in Walmart. It may happen on your job. It may happen on the assembly line at your job. It may happen at your, your office. It may happen, you know, at a football game. I don't know. But, there, but God's going to provide opportunity for you to tell somebody about his goodness. When you go to a football game, don't, be so, don't, don't get so focused on the football game that you forget about opportunity to tell somebody about Christ. Wherever you go, don't get so caught up in when you, when you go shopping and when you go to the grocery store. Don't get so caught up in, in, in just fulfilling the goal that you forget that there may be somebody in here that needs to hear about the gospel. That needs to hear. So when you go into the grocery store, man, you, you got you to pray like I pray. Okay, God, there's somebody in here that needs to hear a word. Lord God, just, just send them to me. And, and, and sometimes it'll happen. Sometimes it won't. Sometimes you'll walk right in. You'll get the things that you need. And you're able to walk right out. And you, you, didn't, you didn't interact with, with hardly anybody. But, man, I'm, I, 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 it happens over and over and over and over again in my life. Many times, many times when I'm at the register, I've made it through the store. I've got the things that I need. I get right to the register. Nobody said anything. Nobody really knew me. Nobody. To talk to me. I get right to the register, and that cat, that person that's checking me out is going beep, beep, beep. Didn't look, didn't even look up at me. And God, God will say to me, "This person needs a word. This person needs you to share something with them." And so while while they're checking me out, I'm saying, "Okay, God, well, what what do you want me to say? What do you what do you want me to say to this individual?" And so God then starts downloading things for me to say, and questions for me to ask. And before you know it, before I leave, this person is smiling. They're smiling and they're asking me, now, what, what church you go to? Well, where, do, where do you go to church? You know why? Because, because you got to make yourself available. you got to be available everywhere you go. Pastoring. Let's look at pastoring. First Peter chapter 5. Look at verse number 2. Look at verse number 2 and um, 2 through 4. Pastoring. As, as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, uh, Let's, let's go to verse number one. Let's start at verse number one. It says, the elders who are among you, I exhort you. I who am a fellow elder and witness of the suffering of Christ. This is Peter talking. And also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Here's what he says. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers. So pastors are overseers. Pastors are to see over, to, to oversee all the workings of the church. 
That's what a pastor's job is, to be the overseer, to oversee the things that are happening that are happening in the church. Now, understand this. Now, according to Scripture, there is no office in the church that's above the pastor. There's no office in the church that's above the pastor. Now, sometimes people get that mixed up and sometimes people get that a little bit confused. But there's no office in the church that is above the pastor's office. That's why he said you are the overseer. The pastors are the overseers of the church, the overseers of the flock. And he says shepherd the flock. Shepherd, which means to lead, means to protect, which is among you. Serving as overseers, watch this, not by compulsion. In other words, there are some pastors who became pastors because because it was a family church. They they, you know, grandmama said they was going to be a preacher. And so the church, they didn't even have a hat in. They voted him in anyway. And so now you got this cousin who's not a pastor of the church and he was not called to be a pastor. And he's he's a pastor by compulsion. He's there because because he was pushed by people to do it. He was pushed by people to do it. He was com- he was he, he's there by compulsion. And and you can't you can't be a pastor by compulsion because because 10 people said, oh, you ought to take that church dot. Oh, I think that's a good. One. You better sit your little good self down somewhere. No, don't you? No, don't you do it. No, 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 no. I tell people all the time, say no until you can't say no, no more. No. Hallelujah. Glory to God, because because it's a huge responsibility. It's a responsibility. Most people have no clue of what pastors go through. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that y'all job is to make my job easy. Glory to God. But guess what? Most of my trouble come from. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible. I'm telling what the scripture says. The scripture says y'all ought to make, he said, make the pastor's job easy so he don't do it grudgingly. He ought to be excited to serve. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, yeah, that's, it's true. It's true. It's true. But, but, that, but there's no office. There's no office above the pastor in the church other, other than God's office, of course. Shepherd the flock of God, which is, which is among you, serving as overseers. Watch this. Not by compulsion, but, but willingly nor for dishonest gain. I know preachers, I know people who became pastors because they felt like they could get an easy paycheck. I know pastors who've said that. I just became a pastor because that was an easy paycheck. Passion is my side gig. I've heard them say it. They just did it because, you know, it looked easy. You know, other dude made it look easy, so they just decided they were going to try it. Well, you're not going to be blessed that way. The ministry won't survive that way because God's, God's not going to bless it. He's not, he's not going to bless it. He's not going to bless it because, because you're, doing it, you're doing it for dishonest gain. Look, look at what verse number three says. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you. In other words, you can't browbeat people and you can't, you know, use the authority that God gave you to, to, to make people do what you want them to do. If you've ever been in a church where a pastor, man, lords over the people, you can, you can feel the tension. When he walks in the room, everything kind of kind of changes. Everything changes when he when he walks in the room. And, you know, it's like people are just kind of at his command. And he said, God said, don't 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 lord over the people that's been entrusted to you. But watch this. But be an example, be an example to the flock. In other words, in other words, don't tell them to do something that you're not willing to do. Don't tell them to pray and you're not praying. 
Don't tell them to read and you're not reading. Don't tell them to study and you're not studying. Don't tell them to forgive and you're not forgiving. Don't tell them that. But be an example to the flock. That's what he says. Verse number four says, and when, when, when Christ, excuse me, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away. So that that's 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 what that's what a pastor is. And God called a pastor to be a shepherd or to be the overseer, to be the overseer of the flock. That's my job. My job is to is to oversee my job. is And watch this. If I see something that 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 doesn't that I don't feel like God is saying and God is doing. And I say to you, you know, I really don't feel like God is doing that. You know what? You know, all you can do is go and just say, OK, Lord, we heard the pastor God. And so, Lord, if this is what you're doing, God, we're going we're gonna to get in line. God, we're going we're gonna to get in line because because that there are oftentimes I'll see something or, or I'll hear something. I say, you know what? I don't know if we need to do that like that because that's my job. My job, if you've been in a church where a pastor didn't care and everybody's just doing whatever and everybody's running around, man, it's total chaos in those churches. I, I, I received a compliment the other day, and, and it's a compliment to you guys. I, I was talking to I was talking to um, a lady. Um, she's visited our church a couple of times already. And uh, here's what she said. She said, Pastor Love, she said, I've been in your church three times already. And she lives about about a three, three or four hour drive away from here. And here's what she said. I've been to your church about three or four times. And she said, in those three or four times, you've made me question 20 years or 18 years of going to church. She said, in those three, three or four times I've been to your church, she said, the things that I've heard and the things that the things that I learned in those three or four times, she said, when I went back, watch this. She said, when I went back to my church, my hearing was different. She said, when I went back to my church, uh, she said, my hearing was different. She said, because I heard something at your church. She said, I heard the word preach for the first time. I heard the word taught at your church. She said, so when I went back to my church, I was listening for the word. I heard a lot of hooping. I heard a lot of screaming and yelling, but I didn't hear the word. She said, I didn't hear the word. I didn't hear the word of God being taught. I didn't. And watch this. Here's what she said. And I was talking to her, you know, and when people are giving me feedback, I love honest feedback. And here's what she said. She said, I was also impressed by the young people. She said, she said, watch this. Here's what she said. She said, even the young people that talked on stage sounded like you. She said, everybody that got up and did something in the service, she said, they they sound like you. They sound like they've been taught. They sound like they've heard the word. Matter of fact, there was a preacher here this past Sunday. There's a preacher here from down the road this past Sunday. He came in fellowship with us. I called him after the service, and I said, man, I appreciate you being there. He says, man, you guys are doing some amazing work over there. And I said, man, it's really God, man, because, you know, we're all just we're all just filthy rags. You know, we don't know. We, we just kind of we're just trying to follow God and figure this thing out. Here's what he said. He said, I was amazed at how your young people worship God. He says, man, it seemed like everybody was in worship. Everybody was engaged. He says, man, that was a, that was that was that was amazing. You know, you know what it's from? It's from the word. It's from the word because people are hearing the word. People are getting the word. Now watch this. You don't see you you don't realize it because because you're under the word and you're under good teaching. You don't realize it, but go visit another church. You'll be sitting there thinking, oh my God. 
You'll be saying, oh, my. now listen, that's nothing against anybody. Nothing against anybody. Nothing against any ministry. But I'm telling you, you can tell the difference. That's all I'm saying. You can tell the difference of a church that's teaching the word from one that's just teaching antics and antidotes and, and teaching riffs and runs. You can tell the difference. You can tell the difference. There's a maturity that happens in the church. When you're hearing the word and people are receiving the word, you guys are receiving the word. You're hearing the word. Somebody said, Pastor Love, you sure give a lot of scripture. You know what I said? I don't give enough. You need more scripture. We need the word. We live off this word. We got to have the word. And you know what? And I'm so serious about you guys growing. I'm, I want you to grow because I'm growing. And I know how I feel. I know what it feels like to grow and to, to do things, to, to do things different, to operate on a different level. I know what it feels like. And I want you guys to feel that same thing. I want you to feel like you're growing. I want, because sometimes, some, you know, sometimes you can grow and not know it. When I was, uh, that was a summer, my, my seventh and eighth grade year, I went to California. And when I came, I went to spend the summer in California. Well, well I, I grew over the summer, but I didn't know it. Because all summer I wore short pants. I didn't know I'd grown till time to go back to school. But by then, <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> it, was, it was too late by then because I'd already grown. I don't want y'all to be like me. <laughs> I want you to know that you're growing. I want you, look at your neighbor. Ask him. Do you do you do you know that you're growing? Just ask him. Do you do 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 you know? Do you know you're growing? You feel like you're growing? I'm glad. You feel like you're growing? Amen. Yeah. You you gotta you got you gotta know. You gotta know that you're growing. You gotta know that you're growing. We all grow. We all grow at different levels, but we're all growing. Amen. We're all growing. Okay. Go to Second Corinthians. Go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Oh, did I miss it? Oh, yeah, my bad. Appreciate that, y'all. Thank y'all. Y'all had to be mean about it. <laughs> Definitely want to get fed. <laughs> what happened? Where'd it go? Okay, listen. Um, oh, the ability to care for. I don't know why it's not showing up on the screen. The ability, write those two words, the ability to care for. Write those two words. The ability to care for. I don't understand what this, what this thing is doing. Yeah, I see it. I'm looking at it, but it's not on the screen. But go to the next one. The ability to care for. Write that down. Uh, to care for the spiritual needs of a group of believers and equip them for ministry. The ability to nurture a small group in spiritual growth and assume responsibility for their welfare. To assume responsibility for their welfare. Pastors have responsibility. It's, it's my job. It's my job to hear from God. Y- y'all, it's amazing because right now God told me not to preach, not to teach a series. He told me not to teach a series. God said, I'm, I want you just to preach what I put on your heart. 
Preach by putting on your heart. Because, because last year, much, much of last year, God dealt with me in series. God said, I, I want you to teach him in series because I want him to get it. So last year, I did a lot of series last year. This year, I, I planned to do another series, but then God said, no, I want you just to teach what I, just preach what I, what I put on your heart. So the past couple of Sundays, I've just been hearing from God, and I've been telling you guys what, God, what God's been saying. So, so God's kind of mixing things up a little bit. God's changing, changing things up. But, 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 but here, 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 is, here, is, here is my job as your pastor. My job for, as your pastor is to pray about what you need to hear. My job as your pastor is to pray about what you need to hear, get, get some clarity from God, Hear what God is trying to say to you and to stand and to say to you what I believe God needs for you to hear. Now, the, 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 the tragedy of that is most people don't want to hear the stuff they need to hear. That's a tragedy. We want to hear the good stuff. We don't want to hear reproof and rebuke. We don't, we don't want to hear that from the world. We just want to hear the stuff that's going to make us shout and jump and holler. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, okay, but but that's my job. That's my job. And I, I, I've got to keep my, my, my spirit clear and I've got to keep my mind open. I've got to be able to hear from God so I can give you guys what God's placed on my heart to give to you. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. Y'all already there, huh? How'd y'all, how'd y'all get there so fast? While I was running my mouth, y'all was working. Second Corinthians chapter number eight. Um, Look at, so look, at, look at verse number one. Well, let me, let me give this to y'all. Look up at the screen. The ability, write these two words, to generously contribute. To generously contribute material resources and or money beyond the 10% tithe so that the body may grow and be strengthened. The ability to earn and manage money so it may be given to support the ministry of others. Some of you guys have the gift of giving. And I'm not just talking about the act of giving. I'm talking about God, God be just loading you down all the time. God's always blessing you. There's always a financial blessing that just manifests in your life. Matter of fact, matter of fact, you'll know it because, because you, you'll pay your bills, look around, and you still got money left over. You don't even, you got money, you don't know what to do with. Somebody said, Pastor, that's not that's not my gift yet. Yeah. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> I hear you in the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's look at it. Let's look at it. Now, listen, now you, may, you, you can pray for this, but, but watch this. You may have it, but you just haven't learned how to operate in it yet. This may be your gift because watch this. You, if you say if you had it, you give it. The problem is you got to start praying in that area so that God can you so God can teach you how to manage what he gives you. Many of you have it. You just you just buy a lot of stuff you don't need. <laughs> Glory to God. Do I need to do I need to hang my hat right there for a few minutes? Say so ain't gonna hurt now. <laughs> All right, come on with it. Say what? Did you say Pepsi? Oh, it's tax season. <laughs> <laughs> Second Corinthians, look at look at look at ver- chapter eight, verse number one. Check this out. It says, "Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty 
abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according, watch this, to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that he had begun. And so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. This grace is talking about the grace of giving. Here it was that it, it seemed like they didn't have anything. But but because of their faith, they were able to give not only from their ability, but they gave were able to give beyond their ability. They were able to give more than they thought they were able to give. I know people in the church where they say, well, Pastor Love, if if there's ever a kid that, that needs something or if there's ever, you know, something that we can do, let me know. Uh, we've got some money put aside and we're just we're holding on to that. If there's ever a special need, just let us know. And, and many times those people are the ones that are bound in that in the in the in the, in the gift of giving. They're bound in it. Hallelujah. Now, now we are bound in the gift of of holding on. Just... <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes, they are. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we hold we hold on to it. We hold on. Boy, y'all squeeze a dollar so tight that joker turn green and your palm of your hand turn green. <laughs> she said you hold a dollar so tight, pennies be jumping out of it. That's pretty tight there, brother. <laughs> That's pretty rough. <laughs> That's pretty rough. <laughs> but here's what God's saying. He's saying that I want you to abound in that grace. I want you to abound in the grace of giving because God wants you to have and God wants you to have more than enough. But when God gives you more than enough, you got to understand that that more than enough may be maybe set aside to be a blessing somewhere else. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. More than enough. Hallelujah. He's a God of abundance. Amen. Glory to God. Do you receive abundance? You got to receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. All I'm saying is, is that whatever you have, just give it over to God. They said they gave themselves to the Lord first and then to them. So whatever you have, give it to God. See, when you make it up in your mind, God, everything that I have is yours. And I want you to lead. Watch this. I, I want you to guide my priority. Watch this. God, help me. God, help me to prioritize my money. Help me to prioritize the, the funds that you've given to me. And God, you give me wisdom. You teach me what to do with it. And God, whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. When you give that over to God, then you know what happens? Now, God, now your hand is not closed where God having a hard time putting some in it and getting some out of it. When you open up your hands and say, God, all that is mine is thine. And you give it back to God. Then you allow God to, to put in and take out as he chooses, as he sees fits. Because God will put it on your heart. Gotta put it on your heart. And I heard somebody say, tax season coming. Listen, don't just see some of you, you got already got your mind made up what you're gonna do with your little tax money. Already got your mind made up. <laughs> Getting up out of my bed, put my swag on. 
So you you kind of already you already got your mind made up. You already got your mind made up what you're going to do with it. You know what you need to do? You just need to start praying right now. You start praying right now. Glory to God. And say, God, what do you, God, what do you, what do you want? What do you want to do with this? God, what do you, what do you, and you know what? The Bible says if you acknowledge him in all of your ways, he said, I'll direct your path. You start praying right now because all you're going to do is waste it. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how you get that income tax? You say, I'm going to pay all my bills off and then you don't. And you wind up back in the same, the same boat. Three, four months later, you're back broke again, back in the same situation. And God was really blessing you to try to help you come out of there if you'd have listened to him, because he would have gave you some wisdom and told you exactly how to do it. He would have told you exactly what to do. Hallelujah. But you know what? L- listen, uh, how can I say this? How can I say this? Uh, we, 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 have, we have so preconditioned ourselves and our thinking and our minds that we've almost preconditioned God right out of many of the equations that he needs to be paramount in. Because 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 we've we, we've got income tax for so many. Well, I'm talking about income tax, but we've got income tax for so many years. And, and we and we feel like we call that free money. And so we, you know, it's like when you get that money, you, you know, you feel like you're just going to splurge for a little while. You're going to splurge. When you really should pray. And I encourage you to do that. Some of y'all need it. Before you, listen, right before y'all leave church tonight, when you bow your head, say, Lord, I know it's on the way. It's on the way. Watch this. Touch three people and tell them it's on the way. Just touch them and tell them. It's on the way. It's on the way. Also, also, listen, some of y'all feel that thing. I know you feel it in the spirit. I know you do. Woo, I know you feel it. Hallelujah. You feel it back there for sure? Y'all feel it back there? It's on the way. Glory to God. That thing on the way. Hallelujah. 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 Now, now watch this. Test the same three people and say, say, pray while it's on the way. Just test the same three people. Now, now see, now, see, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, see, now, now y'all getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pray while it's on the way. While it's on the way, you need to pray. Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, pray while it's on the way. Yeah, pray while it's on the way. That's it. Pray while it's on the way. Pray while it's on the way. Amen. Did we read? Yeah, we read it. We read it. Okay. To give to, to generously contribute to material resources. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm I'm gonna I'll save. Hmm. I, no, I'll give you these. You, 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 got, you guys have this. I won't read the scripture, but I'll give them to you. Let, let's, look at, let's look at the two gifts that celebrate God's presence. Worship and prayer related gift. Music. And, and you'll find that one in Psalms 150. So you can take the time to read that. But, but here's the word. The ability to celebrate God's presence through music, either vocal or instrumental, and to lead the church family in worship. And of course, we have one of the most amazing music ministries here. Amen. So we thank God for them, the ability to celebrate God's presence through music. They do an amazing, amazing, amazing job of hearing what God is saying and putting word and voice and music and tone to what God is saying uh, in the atmosphere. But that's a gift. That's a gift that they have. The ability to celebrate. Here's, Here's the last one. 
The arts and craft. This is one that we don't focus on. We don't focus on enough. Write these three words. The ability to build, maintain, or beautify. The ability to build, maintain, or beautify the place of worship for God's glory. The ability to express worship through a variety of art forms. To build, maintain, or beautify. If you've never read Exodus 31, 3 through 11, I want y'all to check that out. Because, because um, as God was having his temple built, he was very specific as to what he wanted in it. And he chose skilled people to build the temple. He chose skilled people to build the Ark of the Covenant. Those things, those things were built with precision and skill. And so there are people in the body of Christ. You, just, you have an eye for beauty. You have an eye just to you have an eye to, to, to just to decorate and to see things, to see that things are decorated really, really nice. You just you just have a you have an eye for it. you can walk in a room and your mind, your mind's going. Almost like the good doctor. Y'all watch the good doctor. OK. Amen. Yeah. You yeah, you, you walk in a room and you you start you start picturing things. You start picturing things and, and, and you can you can see things that need to be changed and adjusted. You can you can you can just see it. You, you can you can see those things that need to be changed. There, there are people who are master builders in the house of God. They're going to build it and it's going to be built right. They're going to do it. They're going to do it right. And again, other arts and art forms, you know, sometimes that's even even the, the praise, the praise dancers. Sometimes it's uh, um, it's the um, the drama, the drama team. There are people that are that are gifted in all those areas. Now, um, I've gone over I've gone over a pretty, pretty good list. Raise your hand if you say, OK, Pastor Love, I see myself in at least one of the things that we've discussed so far. See myself at least one. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So the area that that you see yourself in, if, especially if you found your primary gift, that's where you need to start praying. Start praying for yourself in that area. So when you do your prayer on the back of that sheet, y'all, I pray that you guys are still doing that hand prayer. So when you pray for yourself this week, when you pray for yourself, pray for yourself in that area of your gifting, that God will use that gift to glorify the body. Amen. Miss Marvel, are you here to bring an announcement from from Real Talk? You are. Amen. Come on. Y'all give Miss Marvel a hand. Miss Marvel is one of our, our um, youth leaders, young adult, youth, youth leaders, Real Talk leaders. And so Real Talk is happening this weekend.